All right, we're back. Round two. Tony Markika, Karen Monda, Chris Hathaway, Chris from the Dirty Or. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for joining us today. It has been a challenge to get here, but we finally made it. Yes. You made it. I made it. Okay. Yes. (laughs) There were a lot of cops out there, but I made it. (laughs) So what Karen said, can I just tell you how frustrating it was to have all the cops on the road today? Hey, they're out there keeping everybody safe. We're thankful for them, even when they challenge us and make us follow the rules. So we're thankful for all those cops that are out there working hard today in the rain and the hot, uh, dealing with all the traffic that they are. But to get this started off, we want to jump right into the dirty ore because there's some amazing things happening. We want to make sure that you're connected. And we also want to say thank you so much for all of your sponsorship and all that you do for us. Chris, can you kick us off with the beer of the day? Uh, Yes, thank you, Chris. Uh, We are doing today for the beer of the week, uh, The Red Dragon. This is our newest red ale. Uh, If anybody has been in before, we used to have the Ben Real red ale. This is very similar, but just a, a new twist on that one. It's got a a uh, nice caramel character to it. It's got Simcoe hops for a nice light piney uh, freshness and a nice clean and crisp finish. So it's it's a great drinker no matter what you're doing. Nice middle malt beer. Red Dragon. So Crystal and I, my wife, we go way back. But before I met her, her mom has this great story of the Kimono Dragon. And uh, she was drinking a, a mixed red drink and probably partaked a little bit more than she should have and was spitting red everywhere. So... We don't let Crystal drink anything with red anymore. Not good. (laughs) Well, and I didn't have to deal with that one, so it was not good for Crystal's mom, but it's a hilarious uh, little story. If you find us at the Dirty Ore, make sure you stop by and you ask what that story is. We'll be happy to share it with you, and we'll all laugh about it. Chris, what's the address to the Dirty Ore, and how can we get our friends out there? Uh, We are located at 329 King Street, which is uh, State Road 520, right coming through. We are a block off of US-1 if you're heading east towards Cocoa Beach in Cocoa. And one block south, I always put this plug out there, one block south of Peachtree. Come on, guys, you know about the best little ore house in Cocoa. You gotta stop by. Hey, there's a big event coming up to celebrate the Dirty Ore. Tell us about uh, that. Yes, sir. We uh, we got rained out of our original anniversary party, which was supposed to happen uh, September 1st, but Dorian came by. Uh, so we're doing our reboot party on the 10th of November. 10th of November. So what a great day to come out, see the new facility that they've set up there. They've made it really nice for everybody to come enjoy. There's a point to where it's a family-friendly location. Yes, we are uh, family and dog-friendly. All day, every day. Dog friendly. So bring your canines, whoever you got. As long as they're obedient, we don't want any crazy dogs out there. But please, even if they're not a therapy dog or a service animal, they are welcome as long as they're well-behaved and on a A leash. leash. A leash. So, um, well, we are so thankful for you. In case anybody's wondering, um, Doug is out of town. Yes, thank you very much, Chris. Um, But, you know, we always get started when Doug's not here, and we forgot... We always forget to say that Doug hasn't joined us. So, hey, babe, I see you're on. Um, he is in Boston right now. He just got there about 3 o'clock this afternoon and sat in traffic for three hours, that lovely Boston traffic. Um, he's going to be speaking at a conference this week out there and um, helping cops. And uh, so we're Spreading excited you're on with us. Absolutely. And, and while Doug's out there, I do, I do want to let everybody know that comes in contact with Doug. Be gentle with him. His his old age is catching up to him. Oh. He's a little fragile. We love him, and and he is he is still an athlete. His heart is strong. His mind is strong. His body. He just needs uh 
Just just say a prayer or two for Doug. Yeah. We can always yeah. lift him up when he's out traveling away from the family. Yeah, he hurt his back uh, pretty bad a right. couple nights ago. <laughs> and you see what he said? Mm. <laughs> 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 he did Doug said, kiss my ass. Yeah, that's a that's Doug. I love that guy. <laughs> and and if you if you were out and about this weekend, you were able to see us. How do we do uh, with the motorcycle? Uh, well, I, I mean, it was an amazing event. MFC uh, Central Florida held an incredible fundraising event for us this weekend on Saturday. And we had uh, motorcycles come up from Palm Beach, from Tampa, just all over Florida. They did an incredible ride. The first stop was at the Dirty Ore, and it looked like a blast there. I wished I would have been there. And then Rising Tide. Jonathan's Pub and Lou's Blue. So thank you to all of you guys who were involved in that, um, all the riders that came out. It was an incredible event. Uh, we have some pictures there. It, we just had such a blast and we're so grateful to MFC, which stands for Military Fire, Fire, Firefighters and Cops. We're so grateful to them for everything that they have done for us to raise money for us. Uh, it was a lot of fun with a live auction. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you don't know, um, there's a few people from this local area. But if you're looking at that picture with us on Facebook on Survive First, you can actually see there was a great turnout. And mm -hmm. those people aren't from just Brevard County. Yeah. They're all over Florida that came and poured themselves out to help us raise money for Survive First. Yeah. So what a great day. Yeah, it, it was. So thank you. Thank you so much. And again, Chris and Dirty Ore and all of the other um, pubs and restaurants that participated. Thank you so much uh, from us as well as I know all first responders because all the money that was raised at this event is going to go to survive first so that we can help first responders and their families in need of mental health support. Absolutely. And there's always a good story there. So please, again, stop by the Dirty or see us, hang out with us, say hi to Chris and um, I know Paul will be back soon. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, Paul Th will be back on Thursday. We Paul, can't wait to have him back. Absolutely. And, and Ozzy's around there. When I was heading down to Cocoa Village on Saturday, I saw Ozzy pop out. And I was like, Ozzy. But I think he missed me. But uh, it's, it's always good to see the group. It's a great place. And we're so thankful for all that y'all do. Um, so the next transition, and, and this is something that we like to highlight in the first part of the segment, is we are still, we're holding strong with 160 three yep. officers that have given their life to um, lost their life to suicide and that's that's hard for me that's that's hard for mm -hmm. all of us mm -hmm. it impacts so many families so many agencies across the united states and we just want to pause for a quick three seconds remember those people and help us to move past and draw all the awareness that we can to to find help so i'll keep the time quick three seconds And three seconds is an eternity, but it's it's not a lifetime of, of loss. You know, we had a lot of great conversation with the men and women that were at the fundraiser on Saturday, um, and they all come from a background, whether they're family or whether they themselves are first responders, um, you know, uh, right now or retired. And it's amazing when we were talking to them about what we did and how we supported first responders, you could see the impact on them. Many of them had their own stories about how they've struggled before. And, and so I think 
just the fact that we're we're out here and we're getting the word out there and and we're here every you know well every other week sometimes every week and that you guys are joining us every week you are helping us to spread the word by sharing the podcast on your pages sharing survive first on your pages um for every person that comes to our Facebook page, that visits our website, that goes to our Instagram page, we are potentially saving a life. So um, thank you to all. Absolutely, I wish Doug could be here to share uh, his experience over this weekend with the phone call that he received. But it was because he was available just to have a conversation Mm -hmm. that he was able to help somebody. And I I don't wanna get too far into that, but it's happening as we speak. So while you're following along with us, if you'd like us, love us, share us on Facebook, Text somebody, go through your Rolodex, tell them to follow along, be a part of this conversation. We, we actually have it up live here so we can uh, see what the uh, comments are and it can be an interactive conversation. We, um, we do this because we wanna engage you and we wanna get your feedback and see how we can better serve you and how we can serve each other together. So there's some other things that we have coming up through Survive First, Karen, can you tell us what's coming up next? I can. You always do this to me, and I have to like go through my head really it's quick. It's because your your voice is so clear. Like I'm mumbly <laughs> and nasally, and you're so clear. So give um, them a clear message. So on November 9th, there is a three to one represent five k that's putting that's being put on by. Um, IAP. Uh, they have us as a beneficiary, Brevard Schools Foundation, and Canine Alive. Have you? I'm not familiar with Canine Alive, Tony. Um, I I think that's what it's called. I'm sorry if I'm not getting it right. But um, that's on November 9th. You can go through Run Sign Up and sign up for that. That could be a great way to start preparing for our 5K January 4th, which is the amazing Run for Responders 5K. Um, I will say this. It is October, and I keep putting this out there. Right now, the um, early registration fee is $25. It's $24 first responders, but $25 for everyone else. That fee will increase to $30 as of October 29th. So this is the absolute last month you can get in for that early registration fee. So you know you're going to do it. Uh, you know as soon as those medals come out, we put those up there just like the last time right that you're going to jump right in and say, I've got to come back out there. It was a great time. So you may as well get in right now. Go to Run Sign Up, type in Run for Responders 5K and register today. It is such a great time and we are so excited hey, uh, and for you, this event. You don't have to run. No. You can walk. No. You, you'll just come out and fellowship with us. It will be a fun time. The weather was great last year. It'll be great this year. And I'm telling you, that medallion, that badge that you Mm. get is absolutely worth it. So if you're missing that, just sign up like Karen said. We're trying to help you out. We want you to be a part and know that those proceeds go right back in the Survive First to help in the local um, and really nationwide first responders. So Absolutely. um, And then actually this Saturday, you can actually come by the Survive First tent, and that will be at the Space Coast Police Canine Competition happening at Coco High School. That's 2001 Tiger Trail. If you're local, if you want to travel from around Florida, that event starts at 1 p.m. and will last until 7. Tony will have a big job that day. I will, like I did last year. Absolutely. That was fun watching you get taken down by that dog. It was pretty fun. Stop (laughs) mentioning that. I'm hoping people will forget it by this year. I'll never forget it. We had a great time last year, and last year was our first one. So we're building upon that, and 
Um, we got somewhere around 35 dogs this time, right. almost 10 more than wow. what we had last right. year. Wow. So um, it's going to be a pretty big event. Kids, events free. Absolutely, so, free to everybody. Um, right. Um, so it, come out. Just we come hope out. to see you guys there. I'll be one of the ones in the bite suit, so you guys will get to watch um, fastest and hardest hitting dogs. Yeah, and, and it'll be uh, um, just overall the whole competition is going to be great. But Survive First will have a tent set up there. You can come by. You can talk to Doug and Karen um, and see everybody else that's involved with that and say hi to a first responder. Show your your uh, your support there again. Um, but it's free to the family. So if you need to get out of the house, come out, see us at that time, and stop by the Survive First tent. These dogs are cool. Amazing. I mean, they Amazing. fly yeah. through the air. I, I couldn't believe it. I really did. I had a blast watching you, uh, you know, take all that uh, abuse. <laughs> and there was one that, I there was one, did. there was one that, uh, would not let go of you. Yeah, you had one. to go. I mean, it was looking, it was, it was awesome. it was we had looking to go a little crazy. For that one. Yeah. But no, it's, a, it's definitely a fun event. I did canine for eight years and it's, um, it's good to be able to be part of, of something like that yeah. and to get that. So, um, please come out and visit us. All right, hey, we're uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're getting ready to get really deep into this. I hope you remember where we were at last week. Share this post. Share share it with somebody. Tell them to chime in and and watch what we got going on here. Chris Hadaway, Caramanda, Tony Markika, Chris from Dirty Or. Thank you so much, and we will see you in just a minute. Thank you, Chris. Are you new to a leadership position? Are you finding it hard to deal with certain personalities in a workplace? Maybe you're trying to reshape your organizational culture to increase your retention, your readiness, as well as your performance of your individuals on your team. Hi, I'm Stefan Williams with Hybo Leadership Development Training. I welcome you to contact me to kind of explore some things that we can do to help you with your people needs. We're in the business of human capital performance on the professional side as well as the personal side. If you're looking for a motivational speaker to open up your convention, contact StephanWilliams.com. If you're looking for someone that's going to help you redefine your own personal leadership style, contact StephanWilliams.com. If you're just looking to take your team to the next level, contact StephanWilliams.com, and that is S-T-E-P-H-O-N Williams.com, Habu Leadership Development Training. We look forward to seeing, hearing, and working with you. You're listening to Space Coast Podcast, home of the greatest podcast on the Space Coast. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor or having your own show, Email us at SpaceCoastPodcast at Hotmail.com. Space Coast Podcast. Talk hard! Hey, this is Trisha Schmalhofer, hostess of BAM, Badasses, Alchemists, and Mystics. This podcast is all about seeking knowledge, talking to experts, changing perspectives, channeling wisdom, and shifting consciousness. Listen as we invite a different badass guest each time 
from a variety of career fields who are living their purpose, spreading light, giving strength and hope, and changing lives every day. We stream live on Facebook, so like our page, interact with us, and watch the behind-the-scenes action. Find BAM, Badasses, Alchemists, and Mystics on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts under Space Coast Podcast Network. BAM! We are back. We are back. And let me tell you, we have had a challenge to get to this day. The day arrived with no problems. Doug and Karen had a great weekend. We were all around. We got to hang out with some really cool people, have a great breakfast yesterday. Doug got on the airplane and then we got to like the last two hours and it was everything that we could do to make it to this place. So there was a traffic jam that sent Karen way around. We actually got started just a little bit later. Um, I'm running around with a chicken with my head, like a chicken with my head cut off. And, but we have made it to right now. So stress-free place, great conversation, getting ready to kick off. We're so happy that you're here. Woosah, woosah, woosah. <laughs> um, but last week we, we had Doug here um, and he's still with us. He's actually just not, he's tuned in on Facebook. So if you throw something out there, he can actually respond. And then um, Tony was a part of the conversation. And so this is part two to really go over uh, what Tony and what the people that were surrounding Doug were going through to get help and actually to break ground. And that's probably the best way, way to say it is nobody else, no other agencies. I mean, we didn't even have a policy set up to help our first responder, help our law enforcement officer at that time to get help. So immediately the conversation was like, hey, what do we do? What does that look like? And it developed and then we were able to go back and write policies and everything else for that. And let me just say this back. Were you a sergeant? Then? I was, yes, I was. A okay. Sergeant. Tony is now a lieutenant for right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Tony. Tony's now a lieutenant for Cocoa Police Department. So um, this is even, this is fantastic that you're here because you are part of the decision-making process now right. for the police department. And so you being here is just so important for everybody out there to see, for any admin out there who might be watching to see that you are here because you learned um, as a sergeant and now you're in a position where you are, supervising and making decisions right. on how to help these guys so thank you so much tony i mean you're a dear friend of ours oh, yes. always will be but even if even if we didn't know you that well i know right. you would be here because of your character right and it's also good because doug and i were friends so this first incident really was mm -hmm. you know hit home yeah um and i don't know and you could relate to chris i mean in the past you didn't think like lieutenant sergeant wise I, I don't know if there were really, and I'm not speaking for everybody, but right. at least from what I could see is that sometimes it feels like there's a disconnect between, you know, road officers all the way up to the lieutenants because they're usually busy doing admin stuff. Right. And the, the mission for each person the is different. You're right. Every job comes with a different mission and they got to handle certain things. Right. Um, this definitely opened my eyes to where, you know, you want to be, not only do you want your sergeant, your corporal out there with your troops, but it also opens my eyes as an administrator with the agency to see officers too and how they're acting how they're behaving 
I, and I like to personally talk with all, all of my crew. I right. mean, there some roll calls I miss because I just can't be there. Right. Some roll calls I'm in there and we engage into, if we conduct business and then we do, you know, we'll have fun. We like to joke around. I like to joke around. I like to make things fun. I like to make things happy. I want people to enjoy coming to our agency to work. And even with new people, I mean, you got to get to know them. You got to get to know whatever it is that they're willing to give you, give you yep. so that if something does go, you know that they're not acting the way that they're supposed or the way they, they were acting in the beginning, right? Right, and, and, and part of the changing times, you know, each person, each uh, generation communicates differently. Mm -hmm. You know, we were blessed to know that um, Doug, you know, was fully invested and, and we, in law enforcement, it's kind of an ongoing joke that, oh, they got it bad. You know, they want to be that cop. They're running and gunning and having a good time. But that allows us to know where they're at in their career and what's going on. And, and it makes them a little more vocal and visual to us. Right. So with the officers that are more reserved and, and having to learn that in this new generation, texting and watching uh, their social media posts can right. even be more value to us. And that's not always easy for us. I mean, because right. some of us, we're not very internet savvy or Facebook savvy or whatever that looks like. So, um, you know, consider these things as we're having these conversations that, you know, you have, there's a different line of approach for absolutely every person that you're going to interact with. Right. And I think that's what you were saying, you know, exactly. and, and we say, you know, joking around during roll call, but that's actually uh, team building time. Mm -hmm. It's right. valuable. Sure. You know? sure. Well, sure. And, and I think that you getting to know your, your officers very well, that that's just showing leadership. Yes, absolutely. That, it's so important to have those leadership qualities when you are not getting to know your officers or not getting to know your firefighters and you're just in the back you're just in the background you're just you're, a name to them you're not right you're not tony you're not you know whoever right. it may be you're just lieutenant right sitting in the back and they automatically think so there was there was i wouldn't say all lieutenants i had there was a couple lieutenants where i was just like all right don't bother him because we're, we're not supposed to bother him you know and i tell even all my new people in because I still conduct training for the brand new people that go through orientation. Right, right. And I constantly, here's my cell phone number. If you have any questions on anything, mm -hmm. don't hesitate to call me. You know, but back when I started, that was, no, you didn't, you didn't do that. You know, you went to the sergeant. And I can actually, right? I can actually speak to that. So when I started at the agency seven years ago, and I was in that seat, in the new guy's seat, where I didn't know anything, the F and G is what we call right. it. Um, when we're that new guy, and you, you show up and it's the first couple of weeks of training and you see Tony Markika completely like dressed out and he's a big, strong guy and he's completely squared away and neat. And you're like, oh, shit, I can't talk to him. Like, well, uh, uh, he's going to be my trainer. How am I going to learn anything? Because this guy's amazing. And who am I? Like, oh, I'm not even on. a cop yet. And, and I'm not. Blowing, but thank you very much. I, I'm not blowing you up. <laughs> but here's how humble this whole this whole entire group has been that they've all made themselves available. They've always enhanced the learning and the training and been there to answer questions, to make you feel a part of the family and the team, Sure. which which built a huge value in me. Right, and I think that, I think especially in smaller agencies, and like I said, I can only speak for our agency and no, no one else. And I also see it in some other agencies that are similar to us, even with their chiefs, they're, they're really out there with their people. They talk to their people. They comment on their Facebooks. I saw one earlier today, reference right. to our canine competition, which I thought was pretty neat mm -hmm. um so being you know being involved into your, your it makes new a people difference. it makes a huge difference we're more like a i want to say we're more like a family here we what do we do we fight 
We yep. bicker, Absolutely. we yell at each other, and then we say, okay, don't do it again, and okay, no problem, and that's it. And then and we love the hell out of each other. Right. Well, right. and look at, hi, Branda. Branda put a great comment up there. She said, and listen, as a supervisor uh, to other officers who have concerns, just right. by listening, even to a concern that may not really have anything to do with mental health, right? right? Just right. by listening sure. and watching body language and, and that nonverbal communication, Absolutely. you may pick up on something as a supervisor that is so important. Right. And so it's that it's that mindset shift for admin now, which I think we're beginning to see. Right. Uh, you're talking about it and, right. and we're starting to see that uh, that that is just critical sure. to helping our, our men and women out there. Right. And there's a couple now that, and I'm not going to mention any other names, but they need help. And as soon as you get wind of that, some of them have so much pride, they won't ask. Mm -hmm. Right. So you right. get wind of it and you're like, all right, for him order to come and do this dangerous job, right? He, we have to have make sure that his mind's in the right place, right? Right. So let's try to help him whatever way we could help him. Right. I mean, so so when it, when I had came to the agency, Doug was actually in a transition point. And when he came back to work the first time, it was I see. I've so been, you missed a whole first part. I, I missed I missed part one right. and was there for part two. Part two. Okay. Yeah. And then um, and then as part two was there, I was actually deployed and coming back into That's his right. transition right. back yep. in. Mm -hmm. So I, when Doug actually w walked in and I was actually on that that first squad and uh, going through FTO and I said hi, I'm Chris. And he goes, oh, I'm Doug Monda. I, I love that. Yeah. That's my best impression Mondo. of Doug. I'm, I'm Doug Mondo. Yeah, and, Mondo. And, he kept saying Mondo because that's what they called him on, on the, the streets. Street. Listen, Mondo. I've been called Mondo in a meeting at school. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's, they how know. They call, that's how they That makes you a protected person, yeah. too. Where, they didn't know, where's Mondo? Where's Mondo? Yeah. Everybody would ask where Mondo yeah. was. So, so, Doug, we're missing you. But Doug said... Oh, I'm, you you call me Doug. I don't go by that last name. That last name crap. What's your What's your name? I said. I already told you I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Jedi mind trick. Yeah. But from that very first moment, we didn't shake hands. We hugged. Yeah. And and it was a, a an immediate embrace. Oh, and Doug's always been a family guy. Absolutely. He's always been. Absolutely. He's always even from the beginning. We you know we say goodbye. We give each other a hug. We tell each other we love him. I mean, always from the beginning. I mean, we had we were really close we did everything together we would go out we'd go out to dinners together we'd go to the house we'd do halloween parties and whatnot so it was all right so let's roll up the sleeve so so when that changed when mm -hmm. when when that was no longer the case right like and and you were you know last week you said well he would cuss at you in the halls every time you saw him he and, hated me and, and he, he hated, hated me. you right so wh what was that in turn for you what is that process of thought like how can you help Doug? Okay, so thinking back on it now, so when he would say that he would, I mean, he would literally, just the way that he was talking to me, I, I knew that he'd hate me. We stopped hanging out together. And I don't know if he was just disappointed in me or he was just trying to push me away. Learning from what I think I know now, he was pushing me away because that's the type of behavior that this illness, it, right, yeah. it, it portrays, right? So, it, and it was kind of hard to get close to him no matter what I did and try to get close, it was just to be, it was, he pushed me so far away where I was just, enough. I, I had enough, there's nothing I could do anymore. Well, what happens is you, you push the people away that care about you the most right. and that love you the most. And, and really what was happening with him is he was pushing you away, pushing you, me away, right. pushing everybody, everybody the, you know, the kids away, um, pushing everyone away. 
and in the process you know making other friends that that were helping him self-destruct not good for his and whether they were good for him or not it was part of his self-destruction he wasn't Mm -hmm. looking at at anyone that he came across as you're a new friend i'm going to push all of my friends away and i'm going to go to a whole new realm where where nobody knows me right. and you start know, all over right but but really he was hurting he, he right? was trying to self-destruct right and he was hurting mm-hmm. because he would he would tell brenda upstairs and cid how much like he just i'm tired of tony i'm just he's changed he's changed and he would just you know he would com- console on her and just talk you know bash me mm-hmm. so know? so what was the point where you said f it i can't take this anymore for doug's sake that now there's got to be i got to intervene where, where does the intervention come there was there was probably a good and doug correct me if i'm wrong i want to say there was a couple years in there where doug and i we no longer hung out we no longer talked i mean it was just like when we would see him it would just be like work stuff and even then he'd just be like you know whatever you know he just right. i don't care what you say you know, and then um, eventually when things came out, I want to say that it was on a, when all things popped up, it was, it was on a rappel tower and he had a, he had a bullet in his belt. Remember? Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then he mentioned to somebody who, thank goodness, thought it was a concern right. and they mm-hmm. came and brought it to somebody's attention and we were like, oh shit. Okay. This is going to be the final stuff. You know, this is going to be, you know, how, he needs help. Right. What do we do? Right. And then it went from there. So but did he say something? <laughs> so is I can never hate no, Tony. That's true. no name mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it! Yeah, that's not. We're not doing that. All right. So, so but that's not. And Doug, that was it. It was all of it. I, you know, it was all of it put together. You know, and you know, I think we realized that you know the way your mentality was at that time. It wasn't you. That wasn't the Doug Monda I first mm-hmm. met with. That wasn't the Doug Monda we began law enforcement together. That was right. in the Doug Monda when we started SWAT together. Well, and if you think about it, you know, then you get to the point where y'all jumped in to help and he went to treatment and he came back. And, and do you, I think, Chris, this was a little bit before you came back right. from your, from Correct. your duty. Right. But Correct. Y'all were coming over every Sunday. We were having Sunday fun day yeah, on the beach at our beach, house. Y'all would pool. break right. into our house while we were at church and, yes. you know, <laughs> and all of that uh, <laughs> and right. get everything ready. Right. And then that lasted for a few months. A few summers. I think it was and a couple summers, right? N- no, no, not even. That? No, not even. No. One summer. And then it slowly began to Started unravel again. Right. Um, right. You know, and so. And you know, I don't. Do you know, I mean, I couldn't figure that turning point, you, cause you were, you guys were together then. So you probably would have seen a lot faster before I did. But it, even then I remember going to Caleb and going, listen, Doug's, Doug's spinning out of control again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. th- it, this is not good. It's going to happen all over again. Yeah, it, it was, um, I would say maybe five, six months when he was home and came back to work that, you know, Things were all right, right. Um, but with probably by the fifth or sixth month, you know, things started to kind of spiral, spiral out of control out. again. And um, I, I think what I think what I learned from that, and you may agree as well, is once again, we didn't really jump right on it. Right. And and you you have to kind of jump right on it when you notice something. Um, 
And so what it taught me was, you know, when, when you see something, you have to say something. You can't be afraid to say something right. because you feel like it's going to push that person right. over the edge or it's going to drive that person to suicide or to to push you away. They're going to push you away if they're going to push you away. Right. It's you, you have to say something. And so many times people, we all are afraid to say something because we don't want to hurt them. Um, right. or, or we we don't want to anger them. We don't want to push them over the edge. But that really is the wrong thing to do. Because sure. in doing that, you're basically saying to them, I don't care. Right. But, you know, I, I think on the second half, too, I think I was more forward with him mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when Doug, Doug and I were having a conversation, I said, dude, you're fucking up again. Yeah. And I said, it's not right. Well, you know, because we, I wasn't going to be – tippy toe on anymore because it was just like all right dude this we gotta just, we gotta fix this i just spent 14 hours in the car with you, you right, better right, right right so you know and not right. only that but it's just like i remember him telling me something in the car and i was and he was like you know that it, it was okay and i'm like no doug that type of behavior is not, not okay. okay you're you're fucking up yeah. you, when, need, you need to start straighten up and start let let's do this let's I, we're here for you absolutely. we're all here for you absolutely Hey, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Share and like this. Let everybody know that we're on here. Survive first. Karen, Tony, and Chris. Steven. Why, yes, Christopher. What are you doing? I am scribing down some ideas for the next podcast of the Black Dog Confessional. Oh, hmm. Mitzi had spoke of that. She said it is rather wonderful. Well, you know, we tried to succeed, Christopher. We tried to succeed. We're talking about all the proper etiquette techniques that we can this week. Hmm. Do you think everyone is listening? I definitely believe so, Christopher. Well, hmm. If they're not... They better get on the game! Are you in the market for a new home? Perhaps you need to sell your old home and downsize or relocate. Hey there, my name is Jesse Hall with eXp Realty, and I offer professional real estate services right here on the Space Coast. Give me a call, 321-877-8737 for all of your real estate needs. Again, 321-877-8737 for all of your real estate needs. Buy, sell, invest with the best. Find out more at 321-BuySellInvest.com. So we are back and we are all standing because this is like the gloves are off. We're ready to get right into this. My so, ass just hurt it. Oh, I, I, that's it's all hot and sweaty. That's the way I like Herded it. Hurted is not Her- a word. Well, okay. I should teach her and you. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So so Karen's going to jump back into this. And, and uh, so Tony was just talking about uh, where he was at with Doug and some pretty deep discussion there. So Karen was at a point where uh, she wanted to talk about some of the conversation and things that she had to do to help get Doug help. Uh, well, you know, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm just reading something now. Oh, they're bringing up clowns now. Uh, that, is that <laughs> Levine? Wait, that's Levine. That's Levine. Yeah, that's, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Got that's no Levine. clowns. Um, it is, Branda. It's hard to take breaks when we're in, when we're in the middle of a serious talk, but we have to. So, but we're right back into it. So, we were just talking about how when we left about how you can't be afraid to say something. And I was telling Tony and Chris that when we got really to the thick of things, right. there were times that I had to say some things to Doug that. He didn't I, want to hear? He definitely didn't want to hear, but I knew were hurtful. Right. I Not that I was trying to be hurtful, though sometimes I was mad, so maybe not I was. Not like I hate you, SOB. Like. I, I may have said that a, a couple <laughs> okay, times, right. too, but, um, you know. <laughs> we all might have said that, though. <laughs> but, but I never said that, Doug. I love you. There were times. Fuck you. <laughs> I got you. There were times that... I had to say some things that um, still to this day, you know, I, I say, wow, you know, I can't believe I said those things. But Doug actually tells me, thank you. Um, thank you for saying those things because he needed to hear those things. To hear things. the truth, right? He needed to hear and the truth. And your feelings, too. Yes. Not just all about right. him. And the, the amazing thing about that is that when, when we did, you know, because there was a period of time where we split up, right. and when we did reconcile all those things that I said to him about how he made me feel and, and really how hurt, how much I was hurting for him yeah. as well. It wasn't all about me, really. It was, it was, half of it was about him, watching him hurt and go right. through everything and trying to figure out how do we all collectively, because we were all trying to figure out together, and how do we help him. And everybody was making phone calls to yes. everybody say, look, this is what's going on now, This, mm -hmm. is, what can we do, right? right? And, and so I think in, in <laughs> you're so dumb, babe. He says, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think babe. in, <laughs> babe, <laughs> I think that, um, by him hearing that, he was he was able to validate my feelings when we reconciled, and that enabled us to begin to learn to communicate, um, which in turn, by us communicating and beginning to heal, it began to heal his other relationships, like right. with you well, and you the kids, and communicate better with them. Okay, right. so do you think because he cared about you so much that he, he cared about your feelings, and that's what made him realize, okay, well, if maybe it might be everybody else too that he cares about everybody yeah, else. everybody yes. else too and yes. say, okay, listen. And, and look what i'm look what i'm losing right uh, i mean we talk about this quite a bit um you know we have come so far and, and so we can really go back and talk about everything, everything. that happened right and, and it's already out there and open right right right, right. right. we talk right. about it. it's part of our story and there's no animosity we're totally healed we have an incredible relationship, um, relationship amount of love for each other and um you know so it's I lost my train of thought. Why? That's, you how, just, that's how you much I love you, babe. About, I started thinking babe. about him. Hey, babe. <laughs> hey, babe. Hey, so, so what it really comes down to in this whole process 
is, and I hate this word, and I hate to even throw it out there, but the word is integrity. You know, to get to the point of, of the transition, and hey, you know, every class that I've ever been in, and when they want to teach and, and they want to talk about what's integrity, and everybody has their own interpretation of integrity, and, you know, it's kind of like an opinion of integrity. They all stink, and, you know, they're like a butthole or whatever, but... Um, here, here's what it is. When you get to that point, I so I just a, a little brief rabbit hole. Every quarter I go and I speak at probation and parole. And I ask each probation person to give me something to take back to make me grow, to help the officers grow and the chief, and to kind of pass that along through the law enforcement world. And I had this one guy, he actually gave me like this golden nugget. And he said, um, what did he say? He said, uh, professional courtesy and I said well professional courtesy you got to give me a little more than that what does that even look like and he goes well you know when you're out on a call and everything is going right and then that one officer that's just a jerk and he escalates everybody and he really changes the tone of the whole call then like can you just ask him to leave like and this guy's telling me I've never had a bad experience with law enforcement even though I'm on felony probation and he said can you just like can you make that go away and I thought to myself wow uh, now that you've given that to me, that's kind of my integrity to stand up and say something. And then, you know, as this whole conversation has evolved, like if you are the one that is the friend or the partner of the person in crisis, it's your integrity. Listen, friend, listen, brother, listen, sister, let me, let me say this clearly, go and intervene and make a, a standpoint, a, a, a strong, you know, I mean, get someone like Tony. I don't know whatever that looks like, but tell them, listen, I am intervening here. You can no longer go on this path and you have to change. We have to change together and you draw in. And if, if you're too afraid or you don't have the dialogue with your command staff, with your um, mid-level mid supervisors, and this is whatever world. And listen, I would rather lose my job because I spoke up and I got somebody help than to allow one of my brothers or sisters to complete suicide or to hurt themselves or somebody else because of the hole that they're in than to, than to speak up and just say the words. The words don't hurt you, right? They're not physical bullets coming out at you. But I promise you, if you don't stand up and you don't, and I hate that word again, integrity, your integrity says speak up. So let me ask, and I'm going to ask this on, in a couple of different occasions, and you probably you may be able to answer with just one word. If Coco PD would not have intervened when they did, and they would not have, um, you know, I know we talked about how Baker acting Doug was Wrong. not the was right was not the right, right way. the right way to go about it, but had they not done that at the time because they didn't have any other better solution we had to buy at the time. time. We had to buy time to figure out what was the right way. Where do you think Doug would be today? Oh, we know. Yeah, we, we know. know. Oh, it well, would have been good. He, 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 he would be dead. He would be dead. He, oh, yeah, I said you could probably answer in one in, right. in one word. And then after his treatment, when he came back and he relapsed, where do you think if we would have all, the, you know, the just the crap that we say we went through, if we would have all turned our backs and said, I can't, can't do, do this it. anymore. You're you are completely on your own. Right. Where do you think he would be today? Same same way. Same way. I agree. Absolutely. So it, it's it is one of the well, it really is the biggest thing that Doug says 
all the time when we talk, and I think that's where I kind of got off topic when I was saying we talk all the time right, right. about what people did, what we went through, what he went through with his friends and his family and what they, what everybody did for him. And he has this, you know, he feels badly about everything that he put everyone sure, through, I'm sure. though none of us hold that against him, right? right. Of course not. Uh, not right. at all. You're right. None of us hold that well, against him. I think that we all learned through this yes. journey that Doug went through that, you know, so kind of we, I, I kind of thank him because now I know, I, I feel like I could be a better supervisor. You know better. The, yeah. I know better. I know I've learned better. a lot and I believe that he did. You did, Karen yes. and Chris, Absolutely. you did as well. Absolutely. And so, it, like I said, getting out to know your your crew, your, your officers out there, it gives us stuff to look for, you know, and to be jump on it a lot sooner than we did and also do it the correct way. Right. And he says, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the people that stood by his side and, and told him, hey, you know, you're, you're screwing. I can't say it on air. <laughs> you were saying it I know, but I can't say it on air. That if, if it wasn't for the people saying, you're screwing up, you know, I love you, and getting mad at him, he wouldn't be where he's at today. today. Right. I strongly and, agree with that. And, and I do. There, there's been a whole, lot of, a, a whole lot of different things to transpire since that was all brought to our, our light and that has forced people to change and policies and procedures to change. And and what a great opportunity. Doug has actually been traveling around the United States to see what other agencies are doing. So there's a ton of information there. You can actually, if you need to a guide to say, hey, what is someone doing? What's an agency doing? Doug can kind of guide you through that process. We're, we're here to take that call and say, hey, you want to change it? Well, listen, We'll, we'll actually be the champions of that and we'll put you into some policy language and everything else to help guide and facilitate that. And that doesn't just speak to law enforcement, but also firefighters, because mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the gap that, you know, I, I always feel like, you know, let's find a brother or sister that's in that world to come in here and talk about it with us. There's no more secrets. So today, absolutely, everybody's integrity is at a different level because we've now we're completely in this conversation. Right. This has been the fourth or the fifth time that we've actually came to talk about this. And you should be sharing it with somebody else. Right. You should be having the conversation with somebody else. And when you identify that person in your agency, even if that person is you, you got to ask for help. Right. Tag right. somebody else in. It's like WWE from like the 1990s all over again. I'm here for you, brother. Right. And no one's going to call in. you right. a sissy or no. whatever. No. They're, okay. Now they're going to be like, okay, listen, he's asking for help. Let's do the right Let's thing. Let's do the Let's right give thing. him some help. Let me tell you the, the bravest thing that someone can do is reach out for help when they are struggling. Sure. Uh, I, you know, you talked a little bit about how we received a phone call right. the other night uh, and not to get into too much detail, but it was not from our hometown. Right. Um, it was in a completely different part of the country. We were sleeping, the phone rang, uh, Doug picked up and it, it was like, like it, nothing, it, just waking it, up and having a conversation yeah. and, and it was healing for both. It was healing for the caller yes. and for Doug too. Yes. I mean, he he's actually he's on his journey and he's helping people, mm -hmm. even if that means at midnight or two o'clock. Well, morning. look at all the people that he's reaching to now. Yeah. Like he's constantly saying, like he travels all over, mm -hmm. and he's got people come, calling from other states, Absolutely. calling him in the middle of the night. So, and that right there is probably therapeutic for him. 
Yeah. They always say the best way to learn something, a yeah. skill or whatever, is to mm -hmm. teach that to somebody else because mm -hmm. you learn it again as you're teaching it. Well, and even same for for myself. Whenever we have a first responder that is that calls for help, right after Doug gets to know them and and they talk for a while, one of the first things he asks is are you married or do you have a significant other? And if right. they do, he immediately says, this is my wife's phone number. Because he she, knows what you went through. Yes, and he's very open about it. You know, it, he says, I, I put her through hell. hell and she stuck by my side, never turned her back Not on only me. Not only just stick to his side, you learned what his problems were. Yes. You researched oh, yeah. everything. Yes. You're on your own. Yes. You did yeah. that. That's, but that was in the beginning. I mean, I yeah, had. Yeah, but that's still something I, that if you didn't do yeah. that, you think that you would have been sticking around, going through all that shit. No, it, it's no. so important uh, for the spouse or any loved one, um, parents. Right. You know, how hard is this when when your child is going through something like this? It's right. very hard to understand because what we see is the the a hole coming out. You right. know, and, and we're the, right? we're the protectors. And, we're not supposed to be. You know vulnerable to this either right so so we see the anger coming out and it and it appears as though it's coming toward us and that's not really what what it is, right? what it is. it's right. an anger inside that they just can't contain and it's not that they're angry at us they're they're angry at themselves or angry at the world and so it is so important in your well if you're going to be able to support that person mm -hmm. right. in in this whole journey that they that you're going to help them get through it's so important that you understand as best you can right. what is, they're going through yeah hey. so Doug says you're one of a kind so <laughs> I is. love you babe <laughs> hey real quick I got I got to send out a, a shout out to my boy Robert Chadwick I love that guy he's doing amazing things he he's just taking the next step in his life and his career I'm so proud of them. And then Crystal reached out and she said, if you're a family member and if you're a family member and you're seeing self-destructive behavior and have concerns, what do you do? Well, first of all, if, if you, I mean, if you're able to have that conversation, you know, like can Karen have that conversation with Doug? Yes. Now he, now she can. She had to say those hard things. Um, that close knit unit, that bond that you have with the, the families um, of first responders, hopefully you've developed a line of communication that you can actually reach out and say, hey, I need help. Right. And and we have, we've helped spouses. We've had spouses that have actually been the first ones to reach out many times. The spouses have reached out to us the first time and, and together, Doug and I, talk them through what that's could strong. what could be could, going right, on, right. but how to communicate and, yeah. and, you know, and every time we've talked to the spouse, they've been able to, um, get them to call us, right. you know, get their right. spouse to call, right. not to call us, to call Doug. Right. And, and then just the wheels start, start. turning. Yeah. Right. Um, so yes, uh, that, that's definitely, if you don't feel like you can talk to your spouse or you can talk to your loved one, it, and I get it, it's right. nerve wracking. Right. It, it's right. when you are in that situation, uh, it, it is, it's nerve wracking. Um, it, it just drains you and it, scares you and it makes you sad and you and you just don't know what to say but right. in that situation reach 
out to someone, whether it is us, whether it's your own therapist, whether it's another organization that helps first responders, there are so many right. out there um, that, that are willing to help you and guide you through so it. Can I, I that, jump in? There's, some, there's something, when you were talking before about Doug's behavior and how he was acting, right? He was lashing out and everything. Being parents, myself, and not only that, but doing training, I learned this word behavior. So we act a certain way, right? Right. Behavior, right? Right. How do we correct that behavior? You know what I'm saying? If right. he's having that type of behavior, mm -hmm. attitude, lashing out, how do we correct that? Do we get mad and throw another behavior that's going to clash with that? Well, I, or are we going to try to fix and correct that behavior like you did reaching or reaching out, doing all your own research and trying to learn how to correct that behavior? There's a there is a time and a place. It's just like with children. Sure, there, exactly. There is a time and a place to be angry, if you right, will, right. to to say what's truly on your mind, um, I, for lack of a better term, to reprimand, you know, right. if you need to. Um, and, and then there's a whole nother time and a place where you need to kind of well, shape I, the behavior. And I'll say, I, I like exactly what you started off with, Tony. I wasn't, you said, I wasn't going to tippy toe around. I was going to mm -hmm. jump right in and I was going to say, look, Doug, this, this is what this, we're this doing. This was yeah, the yeah. second time. Yeah, the second yeah, time. Because I didn't know how to handle right. the first time. But now we know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Be straightforward and be, blunt. Be we're straight going to bump heads if we have to. There was one point I said, well, if you want to fight, we'll fight. Let, let's fight. Let's right now because I love you. Right, exactly. Because it just got to that point where, I mean, I it was. I told him that too. <laughs> <laughs> Babe. <laughs> Babe. Hey, so so there's a. There's I, a he'll tell you. There's I will a lot not to say consider. <laughs> learn, learn through these processes that we're talking about. Hit it straight on. Punch them right in the nose. Right. One of my favorite sayings is everybody needs to be punched in the face. Right. If it's time to go, punch them right in the face with some love of some hard words and say, you, I'm not going to tolerate this crap. So you're talking about not physically punch them in the face. Well, if I mean, if it leads so just to that, everybody's I mean, listening, I don't want people to be punching them in the face. <laughs> Tell them Chris Hathaway said, yeah. yeah, punch them in the face. I'm not saying that that, that doesn't stand up in, law, in, in court. So don't don't punch anybody in the face. But I mean, go, you know, get a new hobby by all means. But you have to stand up. You have to be the stronghold in the relationship. If your partner, if your um, battle buddy, if whoever that is, you got to stand up and say, look, I'm right here. You are here with our family and we're not going to let you go. Right? I, right. I think that one of the difficult things when it comes to first responders, and I'm not sure if it's like this with firefighters, but, but maybe it is because they're also they see in a the lot same of bad stuff too. I mean, yeah. no, no, that's <laughs> not what I'm about? saying. I'm, well, I'm so used to cops. Um, you know, and I, right. all my friends are, are law enforcement, but you guys are, so used to being in control of she everything. She just called us control freaks. Well, I think so. Well, you are. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you are. You're. You're in control of everything. When you, you know, when a traffic light is down, you have to control traffic. When yeah. you're on a SWAT call out, you control everything. Yeah. You control the, the perimeter. Is that yeah. what you call it? Well, we control it, that you, domestic violence. You, when we go on this hot scene, yeah, we have the control that you it's have it. to control everything. So, right. and I would think that it's the same thing for fire. When they go on scene, they, you know, yeah. they have to sure. control their part. It's same with corrections. Right. They, have to, exactly. they have Absolutely. to, they have to control the population. I don't know what the terms are in, in the jail. You're, you're hitting um, that right on the head. You're, okay. you, keep, you did good. Oh, you did good. Did, okay, you did cool. Good. Good and then, and then let me just go with dispatch because they're first responders as well. Oh, they, they control. Very, very important. They are, call. yes, they, they control, control everything. everything. Right. So imagine when 
you begin to feel like you are out, out of, of control. control. Right. And you're so used to being in control of everything. Do you think yeah. Doug felt that way? Because I, I felt that he, he he thought he was in control. He thought he was in control, right. but he really was out of control. And so we I, had to let him realize, right, yeah. that he was out of control mm -hmm. until he realized then he was acceptable to do what we needed or what we wanted him or needed him to mm -hmm. do, right? Absolutely. And, and we all had to make it acceptable that it was okay, that that's a norm that we, <clears throat> as part of being part of the team, that you can submit to that. Sure. That you don't have to be in control and we can help you. Right. But those are important things for, for spouses and families to have in the back of their mind because you have to approach things, I believe, you have to approach things a little bit differently in, in this situation with... Right with how you care for your first responder, with with your your plan of attack, if you will. I know, well, we all know Doug, he's he's a hothead, right? Very. So, um, you know, we're- I don't stubborn. Think so, Doug. We're, Doug, I don't he's think stubborn. Right. Oh my God. We're, we're polar You're not opposite. helping here. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. So, so when he's having a bad day, if something, whatever it is, whether it, you know, it might be that the cat just pooped and it stinks really bad. Well, you talk bad. about a cat. And you brought know, that up for a reason? I, I did. I you brought, brought it up a cat. That would piss me off too. <laughs> and see, everybody's yeah. laughing. Uh, I like Doug Levine's comment though. Put, put, put shot put, collars put, put, on everybody. Yeah. That's a yeah. good it, idea. Yeah. You know, when he gets upset, sometimes I have to take a step back because I might initially get, you know, it's like fight fire with fire. Right. But I know for Doug, that doesn't work. There's, because then, you know, it's it just doesn't work so i have to have a completely different approach with him and then that brings him down so you have to really know who it is that you're dealing with and you have to understand their personality and that's right doug i agree with you on that brother. that's right baby cat <laughs> oh lord he named his um sniper rifle baby cat he's oh. gonna say he didn't but he named it baby cat I so Hey, Doug, come on. So, so we're we're getting ready to wrap this up. I, I want the everybody to know. Already? Yeah, it, know. it happens so so much more so stuff. Fast. Talking about. I know. So, hey, we're gonna be here in in two weeks from today. Um, I'm not sure if Doug will be able to be back with us. I know that's a it's, it's kind of up in the air right now. He's always However, on. if if you're in crisis or you need someone to talk to, please reach out and call somebody. If you choose not to call Survive First, there's a ton of other people and agencies mm -hmm. out there to get some help reach out to your loved ones, reach out to your brothers and your sisters that are working this hard job with you. Tell them how much you care about them. Say, I love you. Those, that four letter word is really hard, but get over it, hug it out. I always say, hug it out. I love, you know, just that quick embrace of, you know, we're here for each other. It's kind of like that coat of armor when we're walking around and, and share this with everybody. Yeah. Tell, tell somebody to tune in and get the message. And if you, if you don't, just reach out to them and, and say, I love you. I'm here for you. I know things that this is maybe awkward. We haven't talked in a while, but I care about you. I'm concerned about you. And I just want to know how you are, brother, sister, whoever that is, and, and continue con to connect. Right. You know, just showing that you care. Even a smile at somebody, a wave at somebody. Hey, how are you today? JT, right? JT. JT. Oh, he's got the best smile the best in the smile. business. I, I know. So, but, and, but that's what I remember. That's a good story for Doug. You know, I mean, right. he was. He saw JT smile at him, and that's what mm -hmm. something switched. Right. Mm -hmm. He knew. He knew that people still cared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Chris Attaway, Karen Monda, 
Tony Markika. Doug will be back with us. Can we hug it out? Let's hug it out. Why I love this good. Come on. Come, Come on. here, Tony. Oh, okay. Let's hug it out. <laughs> Let's hug it out. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. <laughs>